With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. I had a little bit of a, a, a scare. I, I think uh, Blog Talk Radio went down for a little bit, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with the show? But uh, it, did come, uh, it did come back up in time for the show, thank goodness. Um, I'm Donna Smith, filling in for Alan Smith. Uh, Alan had to work late tonight. and uh, But I do have two, uh, actually three veteran truckers uh, coming on, truck driver advocates, veteran truckers scheduled um, to be calling in tonight, be a part of the show. Um, Pat Hockaday of Truckers United, Desiree Wood of Real Women in Trucking, and Jerry Fritz. Um, and I'm not sure, I forgot Jerry's uh, website, but... He's got, I don't know, 40, 50 years in the industry. I'm, I've lost count uh, how many millions of miles and years he's got. So um, we've got uh, quite a, a, a crew on tonight. And in, uh, the show tonight is uh, it's our trucking open forum, um, parking, speed limiters, wages, and then whatever else you can think of. And, um, and these are all topics, you know, crucial to, to drivers. And, of course, you're all welcome to um, call in, be a part of the show, and share your experience, ideas, and opinions on all these topics. So tonight's open forum platform, uh, we want to start off with these topics of speed limiters, wages, and truck parking, but we want to discuss how all of these topics affect the safety of the highways and the professional driveway, because you know they're always saying um, it's all about safety. So when you even dig a little further than that, uh, you can see where driver wages, specifically the method of how drivers are paid, which is known as piecework wages or cents by the mile, uh, how they've caused um, much of the problems we're facing today, I and mean, we really want to, we really want to get into that. You know, problems like the need for more regulations and. It's all related, and it's and most drivers know this, so uh, I think there's going to be quite a, a good conversation going on tonight uh, because 
I mean, anywhere you read on Facebook and everything, everybody's saying the same thing. So this is nothing new. It's just to to get it out there, have a, a podcast of it, and then and then just get it out there. So let's ask ourselves: How did, how does this method of driver wages cause an unsafe environment? How has it led to more regulations? And how have the regulations how have they led to um, less safety instead of more? And what about speed limiters and truck parking? How how it has been it um, how safety been compromised with all that? And where are we with truck parking? We just finished a full year of the National Truck Parking Coalition to increase truck parking. So where are we as far as progress goes? Who are the movers and shakers who are really doing anything? And what where's all the funding from Jason's Law, Map 21? and the FAST Act. And, of course, we had a show last week with uh, Nicole Katsikidis of uh, Maryland DOT, and she went through a lot of the funding and where where it comes from and where it's going. But we're going to kind of try to expand a little bit on it tonight. Um, we will be taking a short break, and then I'm going to be bringing on um, our callers, co-hosts, um, Desiree, Pat, Jerry, and whoever's calling in tonight uh, to to share their thoughts and ideas. Uh, if you do want to be a part of the show, uh, if you're listening from the Internet, the call-in number is 347-826-9170, and you have to press 1 on your keypad. Uh, that kind of just lets me know that, you know, you want to be a part of the show. Now, if you're already listening and you want to be a part of the show, press 1 on your keypad and let lets us know. So anyway, we are going to take uh, a short break, and then we're going to be right back. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show.
Hello. Yes. Hello. Hey, have have you guys been hearing me? No. I just heard you say hello. Okay. Well, I think I think um I I looked and it looked like we were on mute. So Anyway, uh, welcome back, everybody, and trucking open forum night and parking speed limiters and wages, and it looks like a bunch of people are on here listening tonight. Uh, I've got Jerry, your your line's open. Idella, your line's open. Uh, well, it was open. I don't know what happened. I think Blog Talk Radio is having a little problem. I know um, Desiree's show got canceled uh, because uh, during the time of her show, the server went down, but I'm glad uh, it's up and running for us. A lot of listeners on the call tonight. And I just, you know, before we open up um, the lines, well, actually, I've got three of your lines open. Anybody else wants to come on, you have to press one on your keypad. But I, I just want to say this, a discussion of thoughts that um, we kind of put together over here. And uh, one is the piecework wages. And are they unsafe? Uh, because anytime someone is paid by how much they produce rather than the time and effort they put in it, you're going to cause people to rush, rush in order to, to make more pieces, thus make more money. It, it's just common sense. If you're paid by the piece, you're going to rush. So either the quality of a product produced is compromised, or in the case for truckers, safety is compromised as they attempt to make their living according to the miles they drive while they fight a 14-hour clock, which, by the way, um, includes all the hours eaten up at a shippers and receivers. So, um, and, and they're not paid for that. So it's, you know, it, there's another way they're not compensated. So this piecework wage. So the lack of truck parking only increases the risk of highway safety as truckers are racing to get to a legal place to park before the spots are all full, and even worse, the trucker could be running out of hours and need to speed it up to reach um, his or her destination so they can remain compliant. And if everybody remembers, that's what happened in the Tracy Morgan uh, issue, uh, that horrible, horrible uh uh, crash about a year ago, so he was running running out of hours, had to get to a truck stop. So um, there's two elephants in the room here, okay? And everybody just think about this. The first is the piecework wages, and ask yourself, if you were paid for all your time, and, and we're talking about, you know, sincere compensation, we're not talking about you know, just minimum wage or something like that, just really, really well paid. Um, would you really care much about the ELDs if they were enforced? Um, and, and you know, they are going to be enforced. They enforce the hours of service, and supposedly they're going to be enforced very soon. But just that's just thought. You might want to just ask yourself that and raise your hand if you want to be a part of it. The other big elephant in the room is truck driver fatigue and its relation to truck parking. So the safety groups, the AT and the ATA, push out for more regulations, speed limiters, ELDs. But the fact remains that unless a driver is allowed to rest, and that means well-rested, 
in a safe place, not on a curb somewhere or in an abandoned lot. But there's no amount of regulations that can create safer drivers better than sleep. So safety is dependent on wages and rest. Now, think about that, and then if you want to be a part of the show, I'm going to open up the lines here, and we're, we're just going to get right into it. So um, welcome, Pat and uh, Idella and Jerry. I've got your lines open. How are you doing tonight? Uh, Donna, I'd like to take that question because on the uh, wages, all-time pay for, uh-huh. I may have, I may want to be one of the few dinosaurs in the industry that ever spent a substantial time in my career having been paid for all wages, all time, it was the old union contract. And, yeah, we didn't, in fact, we even had the, uh, I can't think of devices in the truck. They were wind-up. We had those then. My first, very first job in 1966, uh, first commercial job, I had to take a little disc, put it in the old gas burner, wind it up, and that had to match my logbook. And I work local. All of our mm. time was paid for. Hours, in fact, an old rule of thumb. When I first came into the business, it was I was reminded many, many times by the old timers that law book is your best friend. That will keep you well paid and keep the employer from working you to death. And Not this so day, well, to this day, I have no problem with an ELD if you're being paid for all, well paid for all the hours on the job. Right. And in fact, if anything, the ELD actually becomes, if it's hooked into your GPS or whatever, uh, it, it becomes your time clock. Mm-hmm. And all the log problems disappear. And again, the driver's logbook in his 70 hours and eight days only will become his best friend again. There's, and by the way, you know how we can prove it? Look at the LTL carriers where everybody is paid for all their time of the job. The picking up delivery is done by the local drivers, the over-the-road drivers. Even if they have a breakdown, that's line four. That's on duty, not driving. When a driver gets paid for all of his time, like they do in the LTL business, and they do the same job we do, how come there's only 6% turnover on union jobs and the 10% on non-union jobs? That mm-hmm. is the major reason. Well, I think um, we've got Pat- to... Go ahead, Pat. I was just going to pull you in here, and I think Desiree called in. Um, uh, right now she's just listening, but when we get into truck parking, I think she wants to come on and, and uh, give us that whole lowdown on the on where we are with all that. But go ahead on um, on the wage thing right now, that question about ELDs and wages and being paid for all time. Well, first off, I think we've got to think about what is all time. Now, when I talk about all time, I'm talking about 24 hours a day, and a lot of people think I'm crazy. Let me tell you about a discussion I had at uh, GATS with a, a, a senior uh, FMCSA agent. 
Sean Denniston. Actually, he's FAA on special assignment to the FMCSA. We were talking about this, and he said, now, wait a minute. You're telling me that I've got to pay my drivers for their sleep or birth time? And I said, you betcha. He says, well, how do you figure that? I said, well, who does that 10 hours belong to? Because it sure as heck doesn't belong to me. If that 10 hours belong to me, I'm out there running the road, getting production in, making money, because that's what I'm on the road to do so I can afford to go home. So who does that 10 hours belong to? Does it belong to the government? The government's mandated that I take a 10-hour break. If so, how much in lost earnings can I claim on my taxes? Because at $75 an hour, 10 hours a day, I should be able to claim $750 a day lost income. So obviously the government doesn't own the time. How uh-huh. and by what means has the government assigned the responsibility to the carriers? The carriers own this time. Well, three, what is it, Jerry? I'm, I'm thinking, what, 392.1 and 2? Uh, 395, yeah, 392, yeah. Yeah, 392.1 and 2, and it lays it out right there. Um, dispatchers, mechanics, I mean, it's a whole list. Everybody working for the carrier is responsible to see that the regulations are met and fulfilled. So here we go. If that 10-hour break and that 30-minute break belongs to you, why are you stopped, parked, instead of out there getting miles in? So the ELD... You know, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not crazy about them. But I will forfeit. I will concede to the ELD, provided it works for the drivers. For, for uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but part of the uh, Fair Labor Standard Act, back in, I believe, what, 36 or 37, was that truck drivers cannot be accounted for. They cannot be directly supervised. Therefore, piecework wages were in order as a means of payment to the truck driver who is out of sight, out of mind, so to speak. Okay? Well, the ELD replaces that. It fills that need. If you've got an ELD in your truck, you are being monitored, the movement of your truck anyways, being monitored 24-7. Now, what is the truck? The truck is your workstation. It's not your home away from home. It's not your vacation house. It is your workstation where you report to. Well, actually, we never leave it, do we? We're in the truck 24-7 from the time we leave home till the time we get back. So let's define this a little bit more. Are you at work if you're doing everything that you have been told to do? Yes, you are. Go over there, driver, 60 miles away, and sit and wait until the day after tomorrow when you can get loaded. Those are your directions given to you by your supervisor. How in the heck are you not at work when you're following the directions of your boss? So I can go on and on. When are you not at work? I think it's pretty simple to see that you're not at work when you're on requested 
time off, time away from the truck. I want to go home. Okay? I think it's also feasible to have have, uh, uh, guidelines in place. If a driver, for example, says, oh, no, I'm not going to New York City. I don't do New York City. In my mind, that driver has requested personal time off by refusing a load, and he should not be paid for that time. So I think I think we can have consequences here, not only for the carrier, but for the driver. So I'll let somebody else in now. Okay, well, we got. who wants to, Idella, your line's open. I'm going to open, um, Desiree, I'm going to open your line, too. I, don't, I know you're on to talk about the truck parking, but if you want to jump in at any time, um, how no, you, you guys are doing fine. You guys Donna, are doing I'd like fine. Des- Desiree's going to love this. This goes to driver pay again. How do I know this? Because I remember when a driver got paid for everything. There are going to be occasions now when the ELD, now like when I get into Sparks, Nevada here tonight, I'm on my 11th hour. I don't have another five minutes. I'm calling it that close. So if I'm an employee mm-hmm. driver now, and I'm with, let's just say Crete, we got to choose somebody, right? So at the right. direction of my supervisor tonight, <clears throat> my 11 hours will run out at Crete at, uh, at uh, Sparks, Nevada. Now, if somebody hasn't arranged for and paid for parking for me, reserve parking, I get there and there's no parking. The lot is full. Now, i got to call my dispatcher, who's my supervisor, like Pat says, hey, I'm here at your direction, and there's no place to park. What am I to do? Now, see, if that driver is paid for all of his time and the dispatcher doesn't have an answer, now he's done with his driving time. So now until the dispatcher finds somewhere or what to do with them, he should be going back on the clock. Clock time today, according to inflation, should pay about $35 an hour. Let me tell you something. You want to treat, straighten out the parking problem? When these drivers yeah. start running out of hours with no place to park, and that driver goes on the clock because he's, he's, uh, he's in readiness to perform work. He's still with the truck. He's still responsible for the truck. Somebody's got to figure something out. When okay, enough so, of these but what is he going to do? Yeah. But what is he going to do? I don't understand. I mean, you're well, out of hours, you have to park. That's the whole idea of, you know, yeah. uh, all these but regulations that, uh, yeah, are not a, a, a remedy. That problem will get solved quicker when that dispatcher understands that driver's being paid by the hour now. Oh, you're saying well, if it was being paid by the hour? Well, that's a you know that's a whole different ball of wax. But well, um, see, that's that's kind of the difference between what Jerry's talking about and what I'm talking about. Jerry's accustomed to the old method of mileage plus hourly. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry. As a road driver, Jerry would get paid mileage. Then, when he got to a shipper receiver, he would go on the clock. Right. So that's kind of what Jerry's referring to. Or a breakdown, or a breakdown or delay. And in this case here, when we got to a terminal. They didn't have a motel room for us. We went on the clock until they got a motel. Believe you me, they didn't let that happen too often. 
Okay, well, that would be great if, if that was in place, but... But we've got a different world to work with today. Um, Again, February 27, 2012, uh, a change. And it's not in 395.2, but it's in reference to. I I don't know if it's a guidance. I don't know what the heck it is. Remember, Donna, we found this in the uh, Motor Carrier's guidance, guidelines for drivers uh, toward logbooks, something like that. I can look it up on the computer. Anyways. February 27, 2012, a driver may now legally log off-duty while resting in a parked commercial motor vehicle, provided they are relieved of all responsibility. So now the question goes, what is relieved of all responsibility? Who relieves me of responsibility? Under what conditions am I relieved of responsibility? And this is alarming because... Basically, what it boils down to, a shipper, when a shipper tells you, go wait in the truck driver, they have relieved you of responsibility. Go figure that one out. I don't understand it. But nonetheless, because you are relieved of responsibility, you may now log off duty, which goes against, uh, let me start over, not start over, start in another direction. FMCSA, a year and a half ago, proposed that drivers be paid at least the federal minimum wage while being detained, detention pay. Um, Congressman Cory Booker tried to get the same wording into the FAST Act, the last highway bill that just passed. He was unsuccessful. Um, The Fazio, Oregon, I believe, is trying to get the same wording into the Grow America Act. The problem here is the driver has to be on duty, not driving, to be eligible to collect that detention pay. Well, we've got these loopholes that were put in place, and I really think this was the, the hands of the ATA in anticipation of the ELD, We've got these loopholes in place. Now a driver logs on duty not driving, which the driver can do. It is at the driver's discretion. But the carrier was going to come back and say, no, 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 no. You weren't required to be on duty not driving. We're not going to pay you detention time. So this keeps the heck out of mileage plus hourly. It just puts it in in the toilet. So the only way around this and the only way we can combat this with a roadblock of our own is to say, okay, I'm at work 24-7, now pay me. Think about it. There is only one. I'm I'm just curious, Pat. I'm just curious. When you were talking to Sean Denniston and uh, you had that conversation, what was his reaction to that? He smiled real big. He put his arm on He put his hand on my shoulder. He said, come on over here. I want to talk to you some more. <laughs> and we spent a good two and a half, three hours talking. Sean Denniston was uh, Scott Darling's right-hand man at GAPS and at the OIDA listening session. Uh, again, I think Sean Denniston, he's FAA. I think he was brought into this to have a, a, a new way of thinking 
a new way of looking at the problem, a, a different perspective. Um, I okay, think that's well, what he's in this good about. Well, it's good that these guys are coming to this, and, sh- and um, I believe Sean, um, among others, uh, has joined uh, the Truck Parking Coalition group. It's a closed group on uh, Facebook to discuss positive ideas uh, about truck parking. Um, Desiree, who else, who else is in there besides Sean? Um, it's a small group. Um, there are 40 members right now. Uh, it includes um, Nicole that was a guest um, on the last show a couple weeks ago from Maryland DOT. Sean's on there. Members from Real Women in Trucking, members from OIDA, um, and, uh, of course, Hope Rivenberg. Todd Dills from Overdrive Magazine just um, requested to be part of the group, and um, Susan O'Donnell, who's the from the organization that facilitated the four regional truck parking coalition meetings, is also on there. And um, going to invite a couple people that I spoke to this week to join the page from Florida Department of Transportation and some other state Department of Transportation. But basically, um, it's just a small group of people that that are stakeholders that are actually trying to work on this problem moving forward, and then having some driver input in there that can kind of do what we did in the regional meetings is when the people – um, at the Department of Transportation or other agencies have ideas uh, and you start brainstorming, then it's really up for the drivers to go, okay, this is how this is going to work in, in real life, and it will or it won't or whatever, and, and try to try to move the conversation forward instead of just going, oh, that won't work, ah, and take all my toys right. and go home. Um, so um, it's it's it's, but it's very important and valuable for the drivers to share things that are accurate that they see on the road that a lot of these people um, were not aware happened. For instance, um, Idella put up a picture today from a loading location that gives, I mean, we see these at loading locations all the time. You have a two-hour time limit, and then you need to be off the property. Well, what if it takes long? What if you have me here four hours or three hours or two and a half hours? Um, I've put a picture up there myself of where um, it said uh, no drivers to use the bathroom, Um, and that was something that we talked about, you know, with Sean Denniston at our table. Um, A lot of eyebrows were raised. We, as drivers, we have come to accept a lot of things that – the rest of the population would go, oh, what? Right. And and amongst drivers, you say, oh, well, you just can't handle it. You know, you're just not tough enough. But, no, we've just adapted to something that's really abnormal is what the problem is. And, and we can like correct it. it. <laughs> It, it it is. It's like being in an abusive relationship. It almost becomes normal. <laughs> I mean, if you listen yeah, and you to want to make people, excuses for it. You're making excuses right. for it. Like <laughs> I noticed, how, like how about, I hear people that that's sort of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, that's I mean, it's, Stockholm it's, syndrome. Yeah. Yes, it is yeah, Stockholm it's all syndrome. It's similar, and mm-hmm. maybe it's denial, so that. You don't, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but 
so you don't feel foolish for for accepting all this, you know? Do you know what it may mean? I mean, you know, yeah, of course we need to do that, you know, that's part of the job, but it's not when you look at other people in their lives and the respect they get. And um, we were talking to somebody, uh, Desiree, and we brought up, like, truck driver image and how it needs to improve. And I think you'll remember this conversation. And this other person said, well, look at the way they're treated. I mean, maybe that's why their image is, is so low. I mean, it, it could be. Do you remember that I mean, yes. I mean, I said often, you know, when you treat people like animals, they start acting like them. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's, you know, maybe that's not the way, best way to describe it. But I right. have, you know, uh, another, you know, just sitting back and watching the uh, one I used in a video that I had. Have you ever seen some dogs that were behind a fence? If you've ever walked by a, a chain link fence with some dogs and, you know, the dogs, they all seem to get along really well amongst themselves behind the fence. And nobody comes and pets them very much and nobody comes and gives them food very much. But they all play together and they get along fine. And then somebody comes in and they, they put one bowl of food down there. And all of a sudden, they attack each other. They're attacking each other over the one bowl of food because they don't get it very often. And I see that a lot with drivers where they will just eat each other instead of, you know, trying to work together. And um, this morning when I put a few posts up about the Amazon thing that's sort of breaking news right now, They've actually got a really good group of people that's mobilizing in social media to, to like, bring some awareness to this Amazon um, lawsuit. And some of the things when I was reading them was, um, I was like, wow, then you don't really know anything about the truck. If you're, if you're appalled at this, you would be appalled at, um, what's going on in the trucking industry, but so few people um, know anything about it. Um, this one comment that this person, she says, so Amazon expects employees to be available 24-7, lift heavy boxes in 90-degree temperatures, operate machinery, and stand 10 hours for $11 an hour? You know, and so I tweeted her back, and I was like, yeah, in trucking, it's even less than that. You know, if you right. you calculate the hours that some of us work, um, it, we make less, less than $5.50 an hour, and we're, you know, have to be theoretically available 24-7 in the winter, in the blizzard, in the summer, in the fall, in the rain. So, um and when we go to Amazon, we're told we can't use the bathroom. <laughs> so, Isn't that funny? Um, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but getting back to Sean Dennison, you know, Amazon actually came up at the table. And um, and I, I said and that, and so the- eyebrows were raised. And, and he said, well, I believe that because of the way they, they um, treat their employees. I didn't even know about this case at the time, so this just turned up this morning. So I guess this has been brewing for a while, but um, you have to have a mobilized group to fight this stuff. Did they have a mobilized group here? 
So I think we could learn a lot from them. You know, you can only talk about stuff for so long and then you got to take action. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think this is something that we can really watch. And I do think as this um, these ELDs get mandated, then all of this is going to be a perfect storm of the truck parking shortages and the wages and it really, right. in my opinion, opens up the door for us to be having our act together <laughs> to move forward well, on some of these other issues. Well, let me ask everybody. By the way, uh, uh, I agree with that. Pat and I have talked many times. My thoughts on this are, hey, by the way, I'd like to throw something out there. I don't know the voices here. On, We need to get a better driver image. We need to restore. I'm one of the guys who used to go to work. In a dry, clean uniform, starch, blue shirt, and tie, what about half the industry did. So I think if we use the word restore, that may move us up a few more steps. But uh, I believe out here somewhere there's going to be some type of crisis or series of crises that will be so objectionable to us that will drive us together. And that's when I've said to Pat many times, that's when we need to be able to take and lead the group that is now really offended, really upset. What that will be, I don't know. And it could be something that isn't even on the horizon. But like you say, we need to be ready to move when that happens. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. This is, why, this is why I've given so much thought about what direction can we realistically move in. I mean, think about it. Driver's wages. Um, let me stop a minute. Desiree's done a lot of work this past week with the Florida DOT and the NPOs in Florida, and I think we need to give Desiree a shout-out and just let her know how much we appreciate what she's accomplished. Well, I um, want to get into that also, um, you know, after we get done with wages, because that's a pretty big deal, and also and talk about... Okay, I wanted to go back to, to, to piecework, safety, this, that, and the other. Desiree laid out a good example. Um, you're only allowed to be there two hours. What if you're there four hours? And drivers run into this. I run out of hours while they're loading me. What am I supposed to do? Um, we need more hours to work. We need more flexibility to work with. Wait a minute. If you were going to run out of hours before you got completely loaded or offloaded, it was your responsibility to say, hey, we're closing the doors to the trailer now. We will finish loading or offloading tomorrow after I have my 10-hour break. This is the way the FMCSA sees it. This is what we're talking about, piecework wages. Because we are paid by the piece, we can't do that. We got to get loaded now so we can stay on our schedule so we can get the load delivered, blah, 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 blah. If we're late for an appointment, we got to sit an extra day unpaid so we can deliver the day after. See, piecework yeah. wages. We, we, we hear it's time and time again. Yeah, the 14 hour clock, 14 hour clock. Why is that important? Well, the 14-hour clock runs out. You can't be at your delivery. Now you miss your delivery. You have to sit a day. You miss a day's wages, piecework wages. 
if a driver has done all they can do to to be prompt and perform their duties as required, circumstances such as having to follow the hours of service regulations, that's part of the job. That's the rules of the job. An ELD shows this. There is no reason why a driver should go unpaid when they have busted their butt to get the job done. Again, and that's this what we is were talking about. Need uh, to be paid for all time. Yeah, it's the method in which they're paid that's messed up. That we spoke about in the beginning of the show. When you pay by the piece, it just causes people, no matter what the profession is, to rush. And the compromise is either going to be on the quality of the product, because now they're they're not really paid for their time, um, or or how detailed they are at what they do. They're just being paid by what they uh, produce. In trucking, it's even more dangerous because now you're running a clock and it's it's compromising safety. So then they try to add regulations to take care of that and and that's how we get into all this mess because there's God. there's actually no you know you're not, look if there's nothing that's going to stop truck driver fatigue better than than sleep i mean that's just the way it is and you put all these regulations and tell people well you're going to get a ticket you're going to be out of service you're not compliant if you don't stop and park and then you don't provide or or allow for uh, a parking. It's almost like a mean trick to. It's almost um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's immoral. It's immoral. Yeah, it's it's sinister. It's like okay, you have to follow all these, but well, there's not enough parking, so we just want to watch you and see how you're going to do it. Oh, you think you're going to park or on the side of the road? <clears throat> You don't have enough time speed limited. Hey, Donna, hey, I'd like to throw this in, to give your your definition. You're right. Uh, when piecework is employed, the quality of the product is always lower. So what is the quality of our product? Watch this. You're going to love it. The quality of my product right now is how safely I am driving. Mm-hmm. That's well, how we measure paid. the quality of my product is how safe I am performing my job. But then you put, you have everything that's working against you. Sure it is. Sure. I mean, that's that what I'm saying. Right. It contradicts. It contradicts the the entire scheme. And it makes I, them money. Know, and they it doesn't refuse. make me money. It makes them money. Well, it. People have to realize, though, that this is what's going on. It's like shaking people and saying, do you see this going on in your life? Because when you are in denial, you don't want to see it. And you have you have to. I mean, especially with this truck parking now, and you're right, Desiree, it is going to get worse with ELDs uh, being put in effect and, and uh, not enough... Uh, parking, and it's going to be a nightmare. Not Donna, enough, and the, those are those are only two parts of that puzzle. 
and you still have a lot of shippers and receivers that have put these kinds of posters right. up there. They are completely oblivious and have never, ever had anybody hold them accountable and say, hey, they ran out of hours on your property. If they are That's off right. your property and they have an accident due to fatigue, maybe you're going to get sued too now. Nobody's ever said that before. Nobody's ever opened up that whole conversation. We are just now connecting the dots of all of this and having this dialogue with all of these different people, you know, and you have Unilever that came to some of the meetings and said, hey, we heard this was a problem and this is what we did to solve it. But then you have two pages of shippers and receivers that have done zero and have put forth no effort. Um, But, you know, we concluded that last meeting and in just a few days we have a lot of different news outlets now covering the story of truck parking which, which has well i mean we have the all of the posts that i've put up on this week you know we okay. had the lady from arkansas right. online i got a hold of her right away i was on the phone with her for 2 hours yesterday um, mm-hmm. the Florida Department of Transportation um, people. I met them through Twitter. Um, they connected me with Florida. I talked to three representatives in two different regions in Florida yesterday, and now and they wanted they want to do um, outreach. They want to do public outreach. They want me to be involved. I need helpers. They want other people from my group. You know, I need helpers to do it. Basically, you know, they have a truck parking um, supply and demand study that's going on. Um, They're working on a truck parking availability system. This is all information that the drivers don't know and that they have no access to the drivers to help them. So as soon as I connected with them on Twitter, they sent me a survey. It was lengthy involved. I did it. I put it on our page. I hope other people take have taken it, but they're already like in their planning stages with their freight plan. And that's why it's now, so urgent for people to to get on get, the stick. Okay. Let's get people um you know, because some people might not know uh you know what you're talking about. This is the Florida uh Florida DOT that you got a hold of? Um, I got a hold of Florida, Georgia, Oregon, and Arkansas in two days. Okay. One person. Okay. So people understand because they might want to do the same thing. How did you do that? Let's have a game plan. How did you get a hold of everybody? Number one, when I put a news out about truck parking, in our group or on Twitter or anywhere, which is in Facebook, it's shared, it's on Twitter. I don't stop there. I get a hold of the writer. I find their email, I find their Twitter tag, and I tweet them, and I tell them what I wanted to, want to say. Now, usually they will tweet me back. Sometimes they want to do an interview right away with me. Sometimes they don't want to talk about it. If there's a place to make comments on the article itself for the public to see, I do it. It takes me a lot of time to do that. But you need to get a conversation going. 
So when somebody, you see an article about something, you need to go and make a comment on there, on that article, or get a hold of the writer. And if you can't get a hold of them, find their Twitter tag on Twitter. The way that I do it is I go into Google. I put in her name followed by the word on Twitter. Her name is Emma Hurt. Emma Hurt on Twitter. There's her Twitter tag. She works for Arkansas Online. I tweeted her. It took me about 20 minutes for her to want to talk to me. That's how I got a hold of the the guy from Florida Department of Transportation. Then I shared their article. I shared the survey. So even if you're not on on Twitter or Facebook, when I share the survey, take the survey. Don't right. don't just like it and stare at it and because you know when I go on there, I see it's been seen by this many people, but nobody does anything. That's where we're at. Everybody sees it. That's like that's the whole picture of the whole thing. People see it. They don't do anything. They don't take any action. So that's why I, we don't get anything done. <laughs> I don't so, like uh, Facebook for this reason. You're talking about a survey. You say you have it on Facebook. I don't know where to find it. Is it up there in the in the notes or something? The You see what I mean? I don't remember seeing it, and I'm busy. And, and so far as Twitter is concerned, I don't know. I don't even understand it. I don't even know how to participate in it if I had the time. So I just found a WSDOT truck survey, uh, truck parking survey, Washington State Department, kind of scanning down. Um, and and again, this is Facebook. Everything goes to the bottom. I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I've got a. I, I wish I could say I have a life to live, but honestly, I've got so much work to do. I don't even. Have a life to live, right, Donna? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, I just yeah. tagged you with it, so it pops to the top of the Truck Parking Coalition page. But I don't even know if it's got the deadline. The deadline's already. So this is a perfect example. The deadline was September twenty ninth. <clears throat> okay. Well, and so they so they've been working on this since December twenty fifteen. It has a whole graph here. December 25th, they started working on this. January 2016, March 26th, they have all these working groups. They have a visual here where you can see every meeting that they have, how they're analyzing the data. So here we are. They're in the very last meeting that they had this week in Jacksonville in October. And their next meeting, they're going to draft their plan and have their comment period, November 2016. And all of this time, they've never been able to connect with any drivers. Now, that... That is a that's the problem. So it's really not about this survey. So forget about that. What I'm saying is we need to take the initiative to make contact with them because they can't have been unable to connect with us. Does that make sense? The yeah. the these people are in planning and so where do they go? They go to the trucking association. There most of those people don't even drive the truck. So right. can you see how that's going nowhere? Well, I noticed uh, and you spoke to a gentleman. Um, let's see, what was his name? Jeremy, right? Uh, over at the yeah. Florida DOT. And yes. now yeah, what were you able to tell him when you finally got a, a hold of him? So when I got 
got in touch with Jeremy. Jeremy is um, the transportation planning manager, MPO coordination, which we've all learned now means Metropolitan Planning Coordination Organization. They plan cities, okay? They plan how the city is going to be laid out or the state or the county or, or whatever. So um, he's with District 5, which is where I live in Palm Beach County at the border of Broward County. That's Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, um, all in this area. He connected with me through the guy that sent me the survey up in Jacksonville that invited me to that meeting up there, but I couldn't go because I just got back in town from the other one. So he wants me to continue the dialogue on truck parking and other issues affecting the trucking community. He's actually opening up the door for me to not even not just come and talk about truck parking, but talk about all the other stuff that we're talking about. So I'm basically getting a, you know, like, come talk, tell us about whatever you want to tell us about because we need to know. And and inviting other drivers, you know, that want because they want to interact with us. Other issues that affect the trucking community that we can work towards addressing, I'm going to send your contact information over to my consultant that's working on truck parking supply and demand so they can coordinate a phone interview with you in the next week or so to get your valuable input. Feel free to contact me and any of your trucking colleagues in the area if they have questions or concerns or encounter specific issues along our roadways. I'm happy to speak with anyone. They want to know about road problems. They want to know about potholes. They want to know about everything. And while I was on the phone with them, I said, hey, something popped up in northern Florida, probably in another region, but maybe you know somebody. So I told them about the thing with Daytona that, that popped into the truck stop news that I get. I have a Google alert for. And, uh, no, I think actually Pal brought It came on the live trucking blog about, you know, every year, loves you know, has fuel and go because they're having Biketoberfest. So I, while I was right. on the phone, and I'm like, hey, who's who's the person in charge of Daytona? Could you introduce me? So he sent me two phone numbers. I got a hold of one of the guys who was actually out of town on family business up north. But I said, could we do this? You know, maybe you could connect me with somebody today you know, that's in charge of the way stations that can speak. And he he said, yeah, I will. So he got me um, Jeff Frost, and he is in charge of CMV operations with the Florida Department of Transportation. And, and I told him, you know, some people feel it's kind of a gray area. Are we allowed to park in the way stations or not? I mean, and he said, we don't want it to be a gray area. If that's what the drivers think, this is not good. We need to get a memo out. We need to get information out to the public. This is not a gray area. This is why they were designed that way in Florida, to have that area, that safe haven area. But in order to get back there, you need to drive over the scale. And once you flag through the scale and you go over there, then you are safe from an inspection but if you get stopped for an inspection you got to get the inspection so i said well let me get this straight you know because i know a lot of drivers they say okay i'm I'm in here i'm parked what what prevents somebody from changing shifts and coming the next shift and he said no they are not allowed to do once they're on that side they're on that side i said so you're telling me if there's a, a officer over there giving an inspection and you pull up and park next to him, the, uh, that officer can't come over and go, hey, I'm going to, 
I'm going to come talk to you and say no, because if you got the green light at the scale, you're you're done. And when you when you're done with your 10 hour break, you go through on the through lane. You don't have to drive over the scale again. Now, is, is this so, the so, way it is in every state? No. no. No, it's not. This is how it is here, and that's why we need. And and one of and Pat will say we need. We talked about the truck parking coalition. We we need streamlined. We need information like this on every state. We need clarity. Of and Uniformity. obviously, some way stations don't have the space. They don't have the kind of space that they built down here or in Kentucky. So that's diff- that's different and that's, you know, a project to be worked on in the future. Um, um, but for this state, would, for this right now. Would this, these, would way stations adding parking, I'm sure it would be, adding parking at way stations is actually one of the solutions that was talked about at the parking at the uh, National Coalition. Um, a lot of things were talked about. Refurbishing old shut-down way stations and rest areas, truck-specific parking in areas. Remember, Kansas, I think it was, is um, experimenting with geocrete, the ability to make concrete out of earth on site to create parking on right-of-ways and whatnot. Um I believe, you know, Tilden, I'd heard on landline radio the other night, uh, OIDA at their table, at one of the tables, there were OIDA members at all tables, um, they were talking about restriping, uh, restriping truck stop parking lots and rest areas. I believe it's Illinois. You can only get a truck in every other space because they're, they're designed for 40-foot trailers with a short day cab tractor. You, it's wasted space. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of ideas on the table, you know, th- th- to direct money at, but you hit on it a minute ago, MPO. What we need to understand is this is a new way of trying to allocate money. This has never been done before. Um, we, the people, have been screaming. We don't want the federal government to tell us how to spend the money they give us. We need to have input. So uh, for people I've talked to, this is the first time this type of method has been set up. In order for us to have any say on parking, where parking is needed, how suggestions, where, what we can do about parking in urban areas and rural areas, um, we talked about um, closed down warehouses that have truck parking. Why can't we open those up as parking for trucks? Uh, old cross stops, for example, um, shut down truck terminals, parking. Uh, there was a lot of stuff talked about concerning parking, but the way to get to this, the way to have a say about it, it's not by calling your congressman or your senator. It's not by calling your state representative. The only way you're going to have a say in this is by contacting the regional metropolitan planning organizations and making them aware there's parking needs in these areas and offer them some ideas. Um, Then banging my head against the wall this week, how else can we do this? 
Well, if we tell our dispatchers, if we tell our our safety people and our carriers, are you aware there's money available for parking? You guys know where our trucks have parking problems. You please need to start writing some letters to these MPOs. Um, well, this brings up um, another this brings up another issue, Pat, because yes. Desiree. Um, and, and I'm reading it. There's two articles Desiree wrote on the summary and review of the Truck Parking Coalition, that the four meetings that occurred this year. And two things that, that stuck out were, yeah, it's really great all the people who showed up, but who didn't show up and who could be helping more. And the things that stuck out in my mind, Desiree, were the shippers, receivers, and the carriers. And, um, yeah. I mean, okay, and that's when um, I believe Lisa Mullings was said, hey, where's the carriers here on all this? And it's true, especially, I mean, it's their employees that are going through this turmoil and, and the safety risk and they're being shot and burned up in, 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 in their truck, like in Detroit and, and Jason Rivenberg. I mean, Let's face it, these drivers work for someone, and they mm-hmm. realize why they got killed, and they're just two examples. This goes on all over. So where is the alarm that says we cannot allow this to happen to our employees any longer? Or is there an alarm? I okay. sat across I, I, the table from the ATA representative in Dallas. I don't think he said one word the entire four or five hours we were there. No. And it, and it's like, don't even wait. And in my opinion, don't even waste your time because they're not, they, they've been in charge of this for a really long time and they've never done anything and they're not here. So, so now we know this, we know that the states have these funds available through the fast act. That's what we know for sure. We know that every state is required to have a freight plan in place by December of 2017. We all know it. Every state's required to do it. We had that big show about it with Nicole. Okay? So all the states are doing their freight plan right now. Some of them have completed their freight plan. But like Nicole said, they can be amended. They can be changed. And if you don't educate these people, they're not going to be changed. So let me give you an example. I got uh, Oregon this week in my Google alerts. I have a Google alert for the term truck stop. Anybody could do this. Anybody can go on Google and set up a Google alert for truck stop, and you will see every single piece of news that I get. So this is the article. Comment now for $33 million for walking, biking, and moving freight. This is from Oregon. This comes in my Google alert. If you remember, Donna, the very first interview that Todd Dills ever did with me for Overdrive, he came and met me at the TA in Nashville and did a video with me. And it was raining, and I was telling him about Jason's Law and how we were going to have to fight over this money with these other special interest groups that want walking paths. And, you know, nobody didn't register. But here we are. We're in 2016, and there have this – Oregon's got, they got $33 million. So if you want to come get into a knockdown drag out for walking, biking, and moving freight, you better get in there and make a comment. So 
So I wrote them a letter. I cut and pasted that sample letter that's in in um, in your MPO map and on our blog, and I emailed it to them. I used their little their little form they have, and I emailed it to them, and I personalized it to Oregon because I used to go there from Salt Lake City every week, and I every week would get stranded at the 14-hour mark with no parking trying to get in that one TA over there and what is it, Troutdale or Troutville or whatever? It's just a nightmare. So mm-hmm. that's how I fashioned the letter. I, I personalized those two little sentences so that it could apply to Oregon. And I got a reply from this guy the very next day. What did he say? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Two days. Two days later, he wrote back and he said, "Thank you so much for your comment, especially in raising an issue that we have not heard much about, and for wow. the clear detail you provided. It will be added to our report to de- decision makers." He gave me his name, he gave me his title, he gave me his address, he gave me his phone number and their website. That took me less than four minutes to copy and paste that sample letter, change the sentence to make it apply to where he lived so he could visualize me coming there and understanding that I know the terrain and sending it. He's a problem solver. He's a metro planning, development, and transportation communication person. That's his job. Like, skip over the ATA. They're not going to do anything. This is where we're at now. These people want that money. They want their $33 million. So you're going to have these walking paths people and these rails to trails people and, and the bike paths and all this stuff. Okay, and they stay home every single day, and they have lots of time to go down and lobby and for themselves and to go to city planning meetings, and we don't. So we got to be on it. So if you, like, know people that live in Oregon, so, for instance, now I'm in Florida, they want me to have more people from Florida. I don't know very many other drivers from Florida that can come and and help talk. I got contacted by Arkansas. They want to talk to somebody from Arkansas. They want to talk to, in fact, they gave them several different people's phone numbers, but every time I get in touch with the state and and they write me back and they're like, thank you for this, do you know any drivers that are from our area that we could talk to in person? And then I'm like, okay, um, yes, but they don't like to get involved in anything, <laughs> you know. So that's sort of where 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 I'm at and where this is at is that you gotta, you know, you make the connection, then you gotta have somebody that can like take the ball further because they want to talk to people that are from their area, or they want you to exactly. come in person to their meeting. They want you to come because even me talking to the several Florida Department of Transportation representatives, they said, we have this big fight in Volusia County with the residents. Like, you can tell they're defeated. And I'm like, yeah, but see, sometimes when people meet me in person, they're like, well, we really like her. We don't want to think about you being afraid in your truck. I'm like, then help me with this. Right. You know? It's, it's, It's informing people. It's educating them. You know, with, without education, you know, they just don't know any better. Hey, listen, I've got to take a short break. Um, everybody keep those thoughts. The two, uh, a bunch of people jumped on board here, and I'm trying to, we're talking, we have an open forum tonight for everybody who jumped on, 
And we are right now talking about truck parking, speed limiters, and wages, and safety, and how everything's all uh, related to one another. So uh, we'll be uh, right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash TruckerLawyers and follow them on Twitter as at TruckerLawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Ask the Trucker Lives, Trucking Open Forum, Parking, Speed Limiters, Wages, and More. Uh, we've got some lines open tonight. Uh, before we left, we were talking uh, about truck parking and everything that's going on with the Truck Parking Coalition, the progress. Um, we reviewed wages and piecework wages and why that just doesn't work as far as safety is concerned. Uh, and basically, the two big elephants in the room, which is the the piecework wages and uh, how ELDs uh, are going to enforce the hours of service and what that's going to do. And the other big elephant is truck driver fatigue and its relation to truck parking as the ATA and safety groups push for more regulations, such as speed limiters and ELDs, to enforce hours of service. But the fact remains that unless the driver is allowed to rest, uh, all these regulations don't mean anything. And that's where we are right now as far as truck parking and how we're trying to uh, improve it. Now, on the line so far, uh, the line's open tonight. We've got Desiree Wood of Real Women in Trucking. We've got Pat Huckaday of um, truckersunited.org. Um, we've got Jerry Fritz. And, um, Jerry, I, I, do you have a website? I know you're very active with all these um, trucking uh, trucking controversies, but um, do you have a website that you communicate on, blog or anything? Yeah, uh, it's a little hard. I'm not real active on it. It's Jerry oh, okay. spelled but with a J. Uh -huh. Yeah, J-E-R-R-Y. And my last name is spelled F R I T T S Jerryfritz dot com. I do have a okay. website. 
but I'm not in uh, all the fa- I just don't know how to do all that stuff, to be honest with you. Okay, and Idella's got her line open. She's also with Real Women in Trucking. So anybody else, I noticed a lot of people jumping on, and it usually does happen at about 7 o'clock. If you want to be part of the conversation, just click 1 on your keypad if you're listening uh, on your phone. And if you're listening on the Internet, just dial 347-826-9170 and then click 1 on your keypad, and that will... uh, connect you to everybody. So before we left, we were, we were we had some great insight on the progress of the Truck Parking Coalition and also some great progress on how to, the how-tos of what we need to do to get access to the funds. And there's billions of dollars in the FAST Act, and much there's- of it could be allocated for truck parking. So, well, you, you, you got to stop right there. Wait a minute. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, fast funding for freight. Uh, I've got it highlighted here. $207 billion has been allocated over the next five years. Um, and it says here, instead of the traditional 80-20 federal funding match, Freight projects on highways could leverage leverage a 90% match and on interstate a 95% match. Now let's go down to the parking section. Um, this is why it is so important that we contact our MPOs. It says here, while the program is highway focused, it allows states to allocate up to 10% of the program funds to truck parking, rail, intermodal, and port projects. Now think about that. We are fighting for money to be spent on parking that is also available to the railroad, to intermodal, and to the port projects. These people have money. They can hire people to lobby to get that 10% or a portion of that 10% that's available for parking intermodal sports. If we don't make some noise, they're going to overlook us. Yeah. All right, so this is why it is so important. Not just your local MPO, but think about any time you have a problem parking anywhere. Contact that MPO. Now, how do you contact your MPO? Alan Smith, thank you very much, sir. Took a week off work and and reviewed, went over the government issue list of MPOs. He refined it. He found 10% discrepancy in the government list, and he, he compiled an accurate list of all MPOs in the states. Texas has 20 MPOs, for example. Um, Donna, did you see? It's gotten out to over 3,200 people now on the Facebook. This links to the MPO website. So we've got to get this out there, and we've got to utilize it. Not just one MPO, but two or three, however many you can contact. Now, for everybody who wants, 
Right. They, so the people, yeah, yeah, I think, I, and, and this is why I asked Desiree, you know, she, get, she gave a lot of great information, how she spoke with Florida DOT and Georgia and Arkansas and is getting things done. And a lot of people need to know how to do all this. Well, I want to be a part of that. How can I do it? So she explained. She saw an article. She uh, got a hold of the editor. And then from there, you know, it all was like a domino effect. The same thing. Now, people are hearing about this map, about how they can um, contact MPO people. They want to get to the map, okay? It's on... Uh, it's on um, Pat's website under truck parking. So you go to truckersunited.org, click on truck parking, boom, there's the map. It's on askthetrucker.com. You see the green map. Just click on it. It not only has the map where you have phone numbers and everything, but it has the write-up of the letter that Desiree had created that you can copy and paste. You can either use it in an email or use it as your talking points if you choose to to dial, to, to, you know, talk on the phone with people that you don't want to go through the copy and paste and the emails. To me, the, the emails are easier. As a matter of fact, we've got a bunch um, in Notepad right now ready to go out uh, with, with the letter. Now, Desiree says, you know, well, make it more personal for each, for each area. But, you know, I'll tell you this. If you want to make it personal, that's great. But if... You don't want to make it personal, and that's stopping you from doing it. Just copy and paste it and do it because it's, a, it's, a, it's an alert that, listen, this is what we need. We need the parking. You need the money. So it's a great marriage. Let's go for it. Uh, but, yeah, I do agree that making it personal is a little bit better, but I'd like to see, you know, a 1,000 people sending, you know, to one MPO and then they're going to get the idea, okay, we need, we need parking and we need money. So anyway, getting back to it, the maps are all over. They're on Facebook. They're on uh, – Desiree, I don't know if you have it on your site yet. Um, Mine Pat. is in, um, in the two posts that I made in our blog, one on Real Women in Trucking in the blog section. The top post right now is called How to Take Action on a Local Level. And there are seven simple steps there, and and the the map is the link in step one, and in okay. step two, the map link is there again, and the PDF of the sample letter that you can send to state agencies is in step two, also. So I put the link in. So it's seven simple steps. On Real Women in Trucking, the post is called How to Take Action on a Local Level. On my personal blog, truckerdesiree.com, the, the second post down is called the Truck Parking Coalition. Same thing, has a different, little bit of different take on the Truck Parking Coalition meetings, but the same simple seven steps are there, same links to take you to, you can get the PDF, you can print it, you can sign it, you can personalize it, you can you can do whatever that you want. And going back to, you mentioned Georgia. I put Georgia up there. We need people to take action on Georgia. We need people to take action on Pittsburgh. We need more people than just me to write um, these other states, too, because if they've said that they're not, they've never heard of it before, well, it, it just sounds a lot better when there's more than just one person saying it, you know? 
Okay, now you said I put it up there about Georgia. I put it up. Where did you put it up? Uh, all of this is on our truck parking coalition meeting, and I can oh. um, page, but I you can share it over to your page if you want people. You know, are there people? I put this one from um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets ten point nine million federal transportation grant. That was in transport topics this week, and um, and. And I posted it on October 12th, and I wrote, is truck parking in their plans? How do we know if they have truck parking in their plans? We don't know until we contact them and their MPO and say, do you have truck parking in your plan? You know, we see that see these people are getting their money now, so they're going to start spending it. So it's, it's very important that we go, okay, we see you got your money. Do you have this in your plan? Um, the Georgia one is, it's a couple posts down it might even be on my personal page because i'd asked a couple people to help me with it but they had problems because it was not a mobile friendly um site and they were trying to post from their um, pads and phones so that's a problem too is a technology barrier Um, but you know still maybe make a phone call or or something like that see if you can get someone on the phone that will talk to you okay well okay let's go for an example, okay, now on your Truck Parking Coalition page, you mentioned, what, Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Is that what you mentioned? Okay. So I'm at the map, and I just clicked on Pennsylvania, okay, since Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania. And there's uh, about 20 different phone numbers. So which one? Is there a main number? No. I don't see a main number. You have to choose one of these um, MPOs. And I'm looking now. I see Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Scranton, Lancaster, Allentown. And there it is, Pittsburgh. So you scroll down to Pittsburgh, and it's the Southwestern Pennsylvania Commission. Contact James R. Hassinger. And it gives his phone number, his address, and his email address. So that's how you do it. I mean, it, it's it's simple once you click on the map and the state, and you can pretty much uh, pinpoint whichever area in that state you want to notify. I, anything you want to add to that, Desiree? I mean, was that clear enough? Yeah, I mean, and, and, yeah, and don't even stop at Pittsburgh. If you found yourself to the Pennsylvania page, you're going to see the name and address and the email for several different offices, what does it look like, about six or maybe ten or something? Yeah. If you know well, how to it looks cut, like about cut 20. Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia, so, you know. Harry, uh, Chambersburg, Chambersburg, Hagerstown, yeah. Harrisburg. Yeah, I mean, how long does it take to Allentown. Make, a, yeah. make a few phone calls? Um and um, or if you you know if you're good at copy and pasting, send all of them an email one at a time, you know, um, and just ask them. That's what the letter says. Did you know that you know truck parking is an eligible activity, and that it's a problem, and it and it explains it to them. So maybe you will get somebody um, if you're on Twitter to see if they're on Twitter and and tweet them. I, for me, I get the most reaction because it's a public forum. It's easy for people to ignore you in private. It's hard for them to ignore you when you're screaming it in front of 15,000 other people. 
and that's what I'm doing. Okay. Well, uh, hey, well, how about the shippers and receivers? I was talking to Jerry before, and um, him along with everybody else. Now, we, we said, okay, don't count on the ATA, but what do you think the shippers and receivers should be a part of all this uh, truck parking? They didn't show up at the coalition, I understand. No, they didn't, but at the same time, um, the word's getting out. And when you start engaging these conversations with these MPOs and you start saying, so tell me about the distribution centers that are in your area. Let's talk (laughs) about that and let them know they're part of this. You know, okay, I understand you're having to fight your community uh, because they don't want to have trucks there, but... The trucks are around there because of the distribution centers that are around there that are part of your economy. So they need to be part of this conversation. You know, part of this is trying to get allies on our side to go after these shippers and receivers who've been able to make all the rules. You know, you have to be here this long. You have to leave here right when we say you can't use the bathroom. Sit here. Take the air hose off. Go park over there. Move here. Drop the trailer. You know, all of this um, this stuff that, you know, a lot of demoralizing <laughs> um, conduct sometimes at some of these places and then toss you out on the street. And then now the residents hate truck drivers, not realizing that I don't want to be I don't want to be, you know, invading your neighborhood either, but I got to go somewhere. So when you open this dialogue up with the MPOs and you start forming this relationship, then you open the door, too, to start talking about, well, let's talk about what are the shippers and receivers in your area? You know, maybe you've been there before. I I talked to this one about the, the Winter Haven thing. He said, oh, we got this problem up on I-4, you know, and we tried to move the rest area. Well, didn't I just write that op-ed piece in the Orlando Sentinel about this right. issue and did that Winter Haven thing? They never read it before. They said, would you send that to us? Because, yeah, we're just, we're like fighting these residents. And I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's a big lot down there. And, and um, you know, there's just all, this is what happens when you put people together and you brainstorm. People have different ideas, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, you know, you're connecting the dots. So um, stop arguing with the same people a, all the time. We almost need a, a, a brainstorming other than the National Truck Parking Coalition, but the Truck Driver Truck Parking Coalition, and whether that be it's too difficult to go anywhere to have everybody meet, <clears throat> but perhaps some kind of an online webinar where everybody could meet and discuss and educate and inform and share like so many these ideas you've thrown at the group here tonight, the audience uh, listening tonight, Desiree, of how you got a hold of these people. Most, listen, I do believe people would do a lot more if they weren't so intimidated on how to do things. So I think tonight was was really good to to share with people what to do. Now I got a caller from area code four seven nine. We're going to open up the line. Um, okay, your line is open. Who do we have here? Hi, Donna. It's Les Willis. How are you good? Good. How are you, Les? Doing good. 
Hello to all your guests. Um, one question I had that I want to throw out there is the MPOs, Metropolitan Planning Organizations, um, what do you do about the rural areas? Say you've got um, parking issues between West Memphis and Little Rock. There's no MPO between there, uh, those two places. So who do you contact? Do you go directly to the state? Because everybody's saying, well, you need to contact your MPO. Um, but how, how do you go about um, alleviating those issues? Because there's a lot of, a lot of over-the-road trucks that roll through the state of Arkansas. And between Little Rock and Fort Smith, where's ever place to park? Between Fort Smith and Texarkana on Highway 71, where's there a place to park? There are none. We're talking two, three hundred mile stretches of road here, to where there there is no parking. So and so do the MPOs have a geographical area uh, in in a metropolitan area. What? How do you attack and go for parking in the urban in the the urban the non-urban areas. Does anybody have okay. any info on that? All right. Well, well first I of would... all, so on the MPO map, um, Little Rock is on there, and West Memphis is on there, and Fort Smith is on there. Did you contact all of those MPOs already? No. No. What okay. I'm, what I'm at, I, I guess uh, you didn't understand. What I'm saying is those MBOs only have a geographical area that they cover. Uh, just say like you have Hot Springs. Well, Hot Springs, the MPO, may only cover that metropolitan area. But between that MPO and, say, the Fort Smith MPO, look at all of the real estate that's in between those two, two places. Or if you look at Little Rock and Fort Smith, look at the mileage between those two places. Who's covering the in-between? Both of them. Yeah, but, yeah, did you, it's, it's, but did you contact them to make, see, like in the state of Florida, they have regions. So I'm in one region, but that doesn't mean that it just covers my town or West Palm Beach. It covers an entire region around here that connects to the next region that includes rural area. So they've cut right. the state into puzzle pieces. The office is named for... Broward. I don't live in Broward. I don't live in Fort Lauderdale, but I'm in their region. And so is Loxahatchee and Bell, you know, I mean, Bell Glade, which is very, very rural. So I think that first I would contact the MPOs that's on Allen's map that are listed here. It looks like for Arkansas, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them. They include Fort Smith, Jonesboro, Little Rock, Springdale, Pine Bluff, Texarkana, Hot Springs, West West Memphis. <coughs> and I guarantee you they don't um, cover just that town. They cover a region. Um, in addition to that, <coughs> excuse me, the lady that I spoke to today or yesterday from the Arkansas Online would like to talk to some Arkansas drivers who are also OIDA members. Um, and if you want to get in touch with her, I will pass your information on. But I, I, I do think that you need to contact these MPOs and ask them that question and say, where does your region cut off at? Because I'm in a rural area. Right. 
Okay. One other question that I had is as far as the funding levels, I think, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't 10% of the total amount of funding available for 100% usage? It's not a 95% or a 90%. I think um, Pat was saying that it was up to 95% on truck parking. I was under the impression 10% could be used of the total amount could be used for 100% funding on a parking project. I may be wrong. Uh, I don't have here, while, while the program is highway-focused, it allows states to allocate up to 10% of the program funds to truck truck parking. So I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of misread this earlier in the week, and I was saying the wrong thing. So the way I'm reading this now is, say, for example, Texas has allocated a million dollars. Well, 10% of a million dollars would be eligible for truck parking, rail, intermodal, and port projects, if I'm reading it right uh, here. And, uh, and it says here also, uh, traditionally, federal money is given to the states, and it's an 80-20 split. The federal government gives 80%. The state supplies 20% of the funding. Well, here it says instead of the traditional 80-20 federal funding match, freight projects on highways could leverage a 90% match and on interstates a 95% match. It also says up here, um, it's $207 billion over the next five years. I think it says somewhere up here, if I can find it, $1.2 billion. Uh, I want to find this. I don't want to be inaccurate. Um, I didn't highlight it. I thought I said $1.2 billion is being allocated today per state. Something like that. So... I thought there's it was a lot of money out there for parking. The, uh, freight. Yeah, I thought it was contingent on the freight freight moving plan, the the state's freight movement plan, which they have to have in place by uh, December of 2017. But it looks like they're already putting money out there. So, you know, if you start reading all this government mumbo jumbo, and and Les, didn't I send you this? Uh, I think I sent all this information to you earlier this week. So, you know, maybe you're saying it differently than I am, but I, I think we're on the same page here. Right. Well, what happened was in 2009, they actually, you know, they had their formulas, okay, the way it was always traditionally uh, put forth. Uh, those levels were frozen uh, until now we have, through the FAST Act, new freight formulas. Now, up until they submit their freight plan, they're still going to be using the old formulas, uh, but now after, after their freight formula of the FAST Act, then that's all going to be allocated differently. And I'll tell you what, if you go into last week's show where um, it says um, it was the one we did with Nicole Katsikidis and Desiree uh, start at about 50 minutes 
and go for listen for about 30 minutes. It actually explains how the funds are allocated now, how they were uh, used before, and it'll give you an idea. Uh, most importantly, though, to know is that there are funds and there is a freight plan that each state has to submit and that it is our job to let them know to include truck parking in their freight plan and to let them know the problem. That's the idea, not only the map to give you the addresses and phone numbers to call, but there's an actual write-up with the letter. And the letter itself will explain to you how it's done. Just like it's explaining to the people you're sending it to, it'll explain it to you also. There's links on there uh, as well that can direct you to a lot of the questions you're having about the, the funding. But all I can say is, yeah, we can, we can get into, you know, how much funding and, and all like that. But the bottom line is there's billions of dollars that are um, that are designated and and allocated for these types of uh, projects, and it's our job and whoever else we can get involved, including I'd like to see the ATA and the carriers get involved with these phone calls and and and, and to promote this kind of conversation, so we can get this truck parking moving. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. Desiree, can you add to that? I I mean, I think that, that, that I, I re-listened to the show with Nicole and I, too, heard her kind of break it down really well once you get past about the 15-minute mark. So I think right. that's worth it to anybody to listen to that again. I did click that Arkansas um, page last, and I just tagged you on Facebook. And um, just to let everybody know, in addition to – the um, contact information in Alan's map with the email, if you'll notice, he put a link to every one of the websites, too. So I was just, while Donna was talking, clicking a link there for um, one of the Arkansas websites, and it has a, a breakdown of all of the Tiger grants um, that Arkansas State Highway and Transportation Department applied for in 2016, Highway 265, Highway 10, I-555, it has their application, their project information, their benefit cost analysis. So these links that are included in the MPO map that Alan made have a lot of information if you just want to surf around um, in your state and um, get connected to those MPO websites and see the different programs, the different um, divisions they have. Uh, and some of the things that they have on their agenda for their recent press releases or what have you. So I, I think there's a lot of information there at our fingertips. We just got to kind of um, play with this map a little bit and um, and make some contact locally. It does take time. It, it, it does. But that's why I think, you know, if if we could get um, even a a monthly call, or you know, or or by by even if we can get two or three people to say, okay, we're Arkansas, we're the Arkansas team, or we're the Florida team, right. or we're the California team, or whatever, 
that, you know, we just zero in on the that one team and, and say, yeah, we got our things out. We've made contact with somebody. We had another meeting with them. They want to know more. So here I have Florida saying they've got, I don't even know how many regions. They're like, would you come to a meeting in person and talk to people? Yes, I will. Um, can you bring somebody else? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. How do we mobilize? That's right. Desiree. Desiree, this is Jerry. Uh-huh. Desiree, uh, maybe some other sources. I know that the uh, supply chain shippers and receivers didn't show up. We see them as individuals. Are you aware of the organization, the National Industrial Transportation League? Yes. I am, and I gave that name to David, who is the NASA lobbyist, because he wanted it from me. He asked me the same right. question when we were in Maryland. He said, well, why aren't the shippers and receivers here? And I said, that's a very good question. Why don't you ask the people from the yeah. APA that, you know, they were, they, they're supposed to be invited to all of this. And he said, do you have the name for him? And so I, I sent him the name, and he said, I'll see what I can do, but again, um, no one attended the Dallas or the um, Green Valley meeting representing that group, but yes, I'm very well aware that they have several trade associations, including that one, but um, at the same time, we know that the ATA represents the carriers, and they represent some of the shippers and receivers that are in question. So we had after Walmart private fleet drivers there at the Dallas uh, Truck Parking Coalition meeting, but not a one of them said anything about their uh, distribution center policy. And um, when I spoke to this Arkansas writer uh, the other day, uh, talking, she her piece was about the Truck Parking Coalition, focusing on on Arkansas and the Springdale, Arkansas pilot, which is. <laughs> you know, like 29 spaces to, to serve um, that whole region. It's a total joke. She said not one driver she talked to talked about Walmart's policy. In fact, they said that Walmart was great because they could park at their stores. And I said, well, this is where the problem is. The distribution centers is where the majority of the truck traffic goes. Some stores will let you park at the store, not all of them. But the distribution center is what we are talking about when we're talking about the truck parking coalition. So you really need to define that with whoever you're talking to. When the term Walmart comes up, you need to make sure you're talking about store or distribution center. Now, Desiree, there's another another source that I think might listen to you. Most people outside of trucking doesn't know about it. But it's a magazine called Velocity. And it yeah. goes primarily to the shippers at Constantine's. And that editor is very open-minded, looking for discussions. And that goes, I study that too, because, you know, I also study the supply chain side. Maybe, uh, I don't have it in front of me. I don't even know if I have a copy with me. But it's a, a very well-written magazine. And there's always a part of that magazine that goes to trucking issues. And I could see him, as well as you present this, he might even do a back page editorial on this, and then that sits right in front of a a macro group of supply chain management people from the top down. Mm -hmm. What was the name of the NITL? What does that stand for, Jerry? 
National Industrial Transportation League. That's like the ATA of the shippers and consignees. And maybe if they would give us an audience, they would see it at a higher level, and then they begin to pass it down through their ranks. And the same Are you thing talking with this about? Program. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Your, DC Velocity. Yeah, that's Velocity Magazine. Yeah. DC Velocity. D- yeah. DC Velocity. Yeah. They're aware of me. Yeah. They're aware of. They're oh, aware of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They um, called me for national, interviews, but not followed it, through. But they're oh, not gonna. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. It, all right. It's easy to get involved. It's easy to get involved. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell y'all. It's easy to get involved. I've been uh, speaking to the lady in Arkansas. I've done two two hours with her yesterday. I have scheduled two or three more meetings and a face-to-face meeting. And with some other groups in Arkansas, if I can draw another truck driver from Arkansas with me, it's going to be great. You know, it was easy. I'll go with, I'll go with you, Adela, Les Willis. Yeah, it was easy. I was really impressed. It was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, and so I'll Les be, and Idella, Les and Idella are going to handle Arkansas. You're, you're going to yes. go. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's the Arkansas <laughs> team right now. Yeah. Well, you, that you got to. You got to remember, I was part of the Navy, and it stands for "Never Again Volunteer Yourself." <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in a way, I'm part of. Don't volunteer for nothing. By the way, I'm part of that Arkansas group, and I live in Memphis. And remember, the truck stop in West Memphis is named after me, so I'm in the Arkansas market. My whole problem is I never know when I'm going to be available at home. Sometimes I'm gone. Two weeks sometimes and go on two months. So, but yeah, you could. I I think that they would accept somebody who's in the, you know, and I haul well, a lot out of Arkansas, a lot out of Jonesboro. In fact, you got a Jonesboro load on right now. Well, they but to make first contact with these MPOs, the first step is reaching out and connecting yeah. with them in a way that they can understand and relate. You are somebody that comes to their area, and when they realize that you are a highly intelligent person trying to communicate to them, not trying to um, attack them. You're trying to help them solve this problem. Um, Then that's when they open the door and say, when are you going to be back in town? I mean, I had to tell them, hey, I might be gone the next Mm -hmm. two weeks, but I might not. And they said, well, we'll talk to you on the phone until we can coordinate something in person. All right. uh, And and that's exactly what they said to me. Yeah. Let's figure out a way of getting me available that maybe with, my little bit of notoriety there. I got a truck stop in Arkansas named after me, but I haul out of Arkansas more than I do out of Memphis, really. Okay. Well, you you could probably right. handle both, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My problem is though, it's yep. hard for me to show up anywhere on a designated date, really. That's hard yeah, for any of us. I don't agree make... that. Yeah, yeah, you but I don't mind like talking with them. Right. Well, all the numbers. Yeah. Do you have that map, Jerry? You want me to? Do you? What? Do you see it? Do you have that map? The here. I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna copy. Paste, I'm gonna put it on your Facebook page. I don't know and how to do Facebook, by the way. Email it to me. Um. You. I'll, e- I'll yeah, email. Yeah. Email Jerry. I, I can do that. Um, what yeah. I'm thinking here. The link. I'm gonna have to get off the line, um, everybody. Okay, well, we're gonna be closing oh. too. 
um, we're almost out of time here. Um, I want to okay. just tell everybody how much uh, we appreciate you all coming on tonight. I think it was very informative, um, and we tried to cover a lot of different things tonight. We didn't even get to speed limiters. We pretty much stuck to initially wages and truck parking. But um, I, I, I think a lot came out of it tonight, and we have to continue. And if we have to have once a week or once a month uh, uh, webinars where we can gather thoughts and progress and what everybody's done and ideas, how to get in contact with people. I thought tonight was great. So I want to just thank you, uh, everybody, for coming on tonight. Thank you to all our listeners. We had a lot of listeners on, and I was just telling Pat earlier, just in a few days we had 3,000 replays uh, of our shows. So people are listening to the podcast as well as coming on live. Um, We're very, very grateful for that. So uh, thanks, everybody. Um, Desiree, before you go, do you want Idell to do it? Because you said you had to go. I wanted We have a couple of minutes. I thought we could talk about the cruise a little bit and uh, the yeah, date. But can, yeah. Do you have time? Idella, go want, ahead. I, Idella, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. About the, 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 the Queen of the Road cruise? Absolutely. Very expensive. $250 down, down payment. Don't have to pay until it's January. A- it's six days, mm-hmm. and it goes out of Florida, and it's very inexpensive. And, and we're going to be networking, and and uh, boy, you really caught me off guard. I was just fixing to leave. Oh, yeah. All right, I just <laughs> I just pulled it up. At learning workshops, six days at sea from uh, the end of March till April first, and uh, I'm trying to look at your schedule here right on the website. Uh, Desiree, you've got a lot of great speakers coming on. You've got the EEOC coming on there uh, to discuss. What is their topic of discussion, uh, Idella? Oh, uh, I, I, I'll give it to you. I'll, I'm sorry to throw you guys you off. You caught me off guard. I'm driving. I'm driving is what I'm trying to say. One of the senior trial attorneys from the EEOC who won the new prime discrimination case, part of that team. They they did the show with us, Donna, or she did, Jan Shelley. Right. She is going right. to be coming on the um, cruise with us to deliver a workshop. Um, if you're an HR person from a company and you want to know if you're in compliance or if you're an individual that wants to know what your rights are, Jan is going to be available Um through a workshop and just because we're going to be out there for six days for you to just sit down and and chat with her. Um, There's a couple drivers that are going to do a little presentation, sexual harassment, discrimination and trucking, personal safety for women behind the wheel. Um, We are also, we're trying to figure out the self-defense thing. There's some people that want to do a self-defense course. We haven't um, booked anybody from that. I'm going to do a hands-on social media um, class. Of course, we're going to have a driver advocates forum to promote advocacy and involvement and a lady trucker roundtable to talk about different types of work. You know, we have ladies that are tanker drivers, flatbed drivers. Sometimes you want to move to a different sector of driving and you don't really uh, know that much about it. This is an opportunity to get to know some other women that can tell you, you know, how, how they've done at it. Um, Shannon Morris is going to talk about transitioning from company driver to owner-operator. 
And, of course, we're going to have the Queen of the Road ceremony and the Welcome Mixer with Alan and Donna Smith. They're going to open up the event. Um, That's going to be really fun. And we have that Queen of the Road Awards. We have 11. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say we're going to be talking about health and and, uh, uh, health health and, and, and discrimination and advocacy and how to promote mm-hmm. yourself and how to promote lady drivers just but 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 let me just tell everybody this is a six night cruise from the 26th to April 1st and it's going to the eastern caribbean on the carnival conquest and all your meals are included and i'm i'm looking at the the pictures right now and it, i it, i'll tell you We've been on a few cruises. There's nothing like a cruise. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, your room and your meals totally paid for, and your excursions. Well, I mean, we just went off on our own. The days, you know, we never really went on the. What do you call them when you have to pay and then they take you around? We just always went on our own because we don't like to be bound to anything. So everything is included, guys, and it's like. I mean, so unbelievably inexpensive for not only just a wonderful time, but to hear this level and quality of speakers that are going to be available to you and the information, um, I mean, that in itself is is worth um, a, a, just a tremendous value in that in itself. So if you, if you want to uh, be a part of this, if you have any questions, um, you can go to the realwomenintrucking.org website and just click on the cruise. All the information is there, how to get involved, how to be a, a sponsor, how to be a participant, um, and, and how to get your tickets. Uh, and just, just come on board with everybody because this is going to be unbelievable. Um, rates are – wait till you see the room rates. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. So – uh, Desiree, you want to add that because um, I'm gonna wind down now. I really talked yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, basically like three minutes. <laughs> the rates start at 650 per person, and they go up from there um, depending on the room type. It is du- double occupancy. The food is included, and it's good food on a on a cruise. Um, and like um, Donna said, six nights we start in Fort Lauderdale. We have a day at sea, then we go to Grand Turk. Dominican Republic, Nassau on the Bahamas, have another day at sea there. And the conferences or workshops that we're having, they're small. You're not required to go. That You can you can go to them or not go to them. It's mostly so we can hang out because every time we have an event, a trucking event, everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to do as many things as they can in two days. And you never get to see anybody, and you never get to spend as much time as you'd like with anybody. And this is an opportunity for us to learn and spend time together and um, and have some quality, you know, memories in addition to kind of a strategic vision moving forward. So all that information is on our website. Because it is an informational cruise, this is kind of like having a convention. This is a write-offable business expense because of the seminars and everything that's going on here. So you can write this off your taxes. Yep. Yep. That's right. You can. And ev- 
everybody's welcome. This is not a girl cruise. Everyone's welcome. Um, you know, Pat's coming. And, yeah, I think um, there might even be more men than women coming. So I'm I'm we'll trying to, to talk Trucker Steve into coming right now. He he's trying to figure out if there's a way he can make it from his other engagement to get to the ship because he really wants to meet Alan Smith. And, oh, awesome. um, you know, and I, oh, I and I, hope I want to he... meet Alan Smith, too. Me, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, so it'll be my first cruise, so everybody's going to have to work real hard to make me happy. No. <laughs> yeah, well, he's looking forward to meeting everybody, too. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be informative, and um, it, it's just nice to be able to. And by then, we're, I hope to have... Uh, to hear a lot of good things happening from the things we've discussed tonight. It'll be very interesting. Plus, we're going to have a new president by then. I wonder who it's going to be. So, anyway, everybody, I'm going (laughs) to... Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody once again. Thank you, all you callers. And um, I'm going to try to get this song in tonight. It's, uh, It's a new song. It's called I'm Missing You by John Johnson, written by David Ayers. Um, No, yeah, David Ayers. And uh, he originally wrote the songs on When the Big Rigs Don't Roll. So this is a good trucking song, Um, I'm Missing You. So uh, thanks, everybody. Till next time, uh, have a wonderful rest of the weekend. And we sure do appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. That big orange ball shatters the dawn to light my way. Before you have your coffee and kiss the kiss, I've been driving hard today. My 109, I call your phone to talk a mile or two. And when you ask me what I'm I'm missing you I'm missing you You, you I'm missing you I've been long right there by your side Drifting in sleep with you in the night But this road winds on so far from home I'm missing you I miss that pink negligee That you wear Scent of candles in the air Sweet baby blues That wink at me And say stay home if you dare Soft kisses on my neck Drive me through the roof Every mile we're apart I realize how much I need you I'm missing you, you, you I'm missing you I belong Drifting in sleep with you 
this road winds on so far from home and I'm missing you. But you're cruising through my mind I need you tonight Wanna hold you tight And leave this road behind I'm missing you, you, you I'm missing you I belong right there by your side But this road winds on so far from home And I'm missing you I'm so far from home, feeling alone I'm missing you Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.